Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. And speaking of taking care of pets, our dog Lola has diarrhea again. She'd had it a few weeks ago, and we put her on a diet of rice and chicken and pumpkin puree, and that cleared it up for a while, but she either ate something that ran through our backyard, or else she got some bad water from a puddle. I don't know. All I know is... I've had to keep a close eye on her all weekend, and I've had to clean up a lot of unexpected messes around the house. Yick. The poor thing, though. I, I, I can't give her treats like I normally would, and she doesn't understand. Oh, this past weekend, I was pretty much a prisoner in my own home because I, I didn't want to not be there if she had to go outside in a hurry. I was able to get to a grocery store yesterday, and I did mow our lawn, and I got some weeds bagged up, but otherwise I spent most of my weekend sitting next to Lola, reading. And I read a bunch of comic books that had been piling up, and I read most of this novel called Night Bitch. It's about this artist who has a baby and becomes a stay-at-home mom, and she finds herself turning into a dog. Very appropriate, I suppose, given I was uh, not far from my own dog all weekend. Uh, by the way, that book is by a woman named Rachel Yoder, if it sounds like something you'd want to check out. Uh, I found out about it from a, uh, a past guest of this podcast, Michelle with 1L. Remember her? She's the FMU DJ and host of the show Feelings. Uh, we spoke with Michelle last year around the time of WFMU's Marathon. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked listeners is if you love the show and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality literature, please consider purchasing any or all of my novels. I'm the author of nine self-published books that are all currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't like Amazon, but you do like ebooks, you can find all nine of my titles on Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you find me on Google Play. If you prefer paperbacks, but you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my stories at barnesandnoble.com. BN.com if you really can't wait. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 232 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for spending time with me. I haven't done this in a while, so I thought it was a good time to take a bath. And when I say I haven't done this in a while, I have bathed, mind you. I have uh, uh, washed myself, but I haven't I haven't done a podcast episode from the bath in a while, so I thought it'd be a fun thing to do today. So come with me now. We're going to go into the bathtub. Let's go. 
How many other shows do you know do this, huh? The host gets into the bathtub. You probably can't name any other podcast hosts that would do this, but I do. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, let me shut up this water. Before I forget to do this, I, I, uh, I attribute this, or this is a tribute to uh, Phil Hendry, who uh, many of his guests call from the bathtub. And uh, I love that bit. So this bit is sort of in tribute slash inspired by the genius Phil Hendry. Okay, anyways, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to undress now. <laughs> All right, I am, uh, I'm gonna first take off my glasses. I'm pulling my shirt over my head. I'm taking off my socks, left foot first, right foot first, next, rather. <laughs> Nothing in my pockets. That's my fly of my shorts, and I'm taking my shorts off. And of course, my undergarments. <laughs> and I am naked as the day I was born. All right? Okay. Are you sufficiently grossed out? Good. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm getting in the tub now, folks. Got to get the uh, the equipment set up here. Okay. And uh, I am now stepping into the tub. All right, yes. I've learned from past experience, as I mentioned before, not to set the water too hot. <laughs> as I've mistake, made the mistake of doing that in the past. But yeah, the water is uh, sufficiently warm. It feels good. I am lying down in the bath now with my back against the far end of the tub. I am going to get up on my knees and to prove to you that I am actually in the bath, I am going to dunk my head in the water and scream. Okay. Okay. I am now on my knees and I am dunking my head in the water and I'm going to scream. So listen for my scream, okay? One, two, three. Oh. Did you hear that? Oh, I hope you did. <laughs> I want to repeat it. Whew. Oh my gosh. All right, time to get some soap going. So what's a bath without some soap, right? So legit, this is like the first bath I've taken today. I'm soaping myself up. <clears throat> and I'm gonna talk to you for a little bit here. Not too long, we got a, a lot of show for, for you today. But I did wanna spend some time with you and I did wanna tell you a couple things. The first thing I wanted to talk about, and I hope you saw this, and if you haven't yet, you should, because it's, it's pretty wild. There's this video, I'm moving the, uh, the mic here. Uh, there's this video, and I don't know if this was filmed in America or, or overseas, I don't know, um, but you may have seen it last week. It was a man getting pulled by an orangutan at a zoo. Yeah, did you see that? It was wild. It, it appears to be an Asian gentleman, so which gives me the impression that perhaps it wasn't in America. Not that there can't be Asians in America, <laughs> of course there can, but... Um, but it, it didn't look like the typical setup that you'd see at an American zoo, or that I would. Anyway, this, this Asian man uh, was holding his hands out. I think his palms were up, up, you know, upturned toward an orangutan that was not um, behind uh, um, glass. 
as I've seen in the in American zoos, typically, and and I guess for good reason because wait till you hear what happened next. And this monkey was just in you know behind bars, almost like a prison. And the monkey grabbed the man's hands, and he was able to pull his hands away, and then had the man by the shirt. And it was just like he had the man was wearing a t-shirt, and he had him by like the lower part of the t-shirt, and the orangutan was pulling. And of course, the man was pulling away. At this point, he was scared. And and uh, instead of like taking off the shirt, which is what I would do, uh, I would probably just kind of duck down and raise my hands and let the the orangutan have the have the shirt because this thing was strong. Um, the man tried to pull the shirt back, and in so doing, he got into a tug of war with this orangutan. And you say orangutan or orangutan? I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll say orangutan because that's what I've always said. I think it's probably pronounced orangutan. However, but. Uh, the orangutan pulled the man close and then grabbed his leg. Yeah, and then he's pulling it. And mind you, these are like metal bars. And, and at, at this point, the orangutan had like both hands wrapped around this guy's leg, pulling it um, uh, horizontally across these bars. It had to be painful. And, and at this point, somebody nearby must have saw this happening, and it, and I don't know if it was the person who was filming, whether they put the camera down, but the, the, the film never stopped rolling. The camera was still rolling, so maybe the man who was, you know, being attacked by the orangutan had set up the camera to film himself? I don't know. But somebody else came along and started pulling the man and trying to get him away. And at this point, like, the man is frightened. You can see him shaking, and this, the other guy's got him under the arms, and he's pulling him sideways, like, literally trying to get himself... Uh, uh, away from this 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 uh, this uh, simian creature, you know, it's just unbelievable, man. It was a uh, but the thing that I, you know struck me, and I understand that like things happen in the moment, and hindsight is twenty twenty. But like I thought to myself, like why didn't you take just take off your shirt, dude? You know, you're a dude. <laughs> you can do that, you know. But uh, maybe he didn't think of it. Maybe he was too terrified in the moment. Maybe he was bashful. I don't I don't know, man. But I would have been like. Uh, I'd rather lose a shirt than a leg, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. I saw that. That was, uh, that was crazy, man. And speaking of, uh, speaking of pets and dogs, I, I wanted to tell you this story, too. I saw a friend over the weekend who, um, he got, he got bitten on the face by his own dog. Yeah. Can you imagine? And it was a dog, um, he and his family have had for years. And this happened in December, and I, I hadn't even known. It had been a while since I spoke with this friend. And uh, he called me, and he said, um, you know, we were talking about this and that. And he said, and we were talking about dogs, and I was talking about Lola, of course, because, uh, you know, what I mentioned in the monologue there, the diarrhea and whatnot. And he said, did I tell you our dog bit me in the face in December? And I said, no. And he said, yeah. I said, how bad? He said, bad. He took a chunk out of my face. I had to go get stitches. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. You know, and the one thing I was thinking while he was telling me all this was like, do you still have the dog, right? Isn't that the question that you you wonder, you know, whether or not you have like the animal put down after something like this. And um, what had happened, the story was, it was in December. I, we, we live in New England, as you may know. Uh, this friend also lives in New England. And, uh, and it was during a snowstorm and the roads were a mess. And he was just going down into his basement. This is the way it was described to me. And so uh, this is the way I pictured it. I'm not sure if this is completely accurate, but he was walking down into his basement and his dog was at the bottom of the stairs. 
And uh, he bent down and gave his dog a little hug, as he's wont to do, I guess. He was affectionate with his animal. And, and when he was standing up, the dog just jumped up and bit him in the face and came like centimeters from his eye. Can you imagine? And at this point, he said he was bleeding profusely, like he wasn't able to clot the blood. He, he, he had to like, he kept it, I guess, bandaged all night. He said it swole up really badly the next day. When he could finally get out of the driveway, he went to the hospital and had to get stitches. And uh, then he said he had to go, I think, three or four days in a row to have this wound taken care of. And at this point, he said, like, he needs to have a beard now in order to cover up the scarring. It's that bad. I said, are you considering plastic surgery? He said, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Can you imagine? And now here's the kicker, man. Um, I finally said, you know, after the whole story was over, I said, do you still have the dog? And he said, yeah. He said, the dog's a member of my family. I, I can't, I couldn't part with the dog. I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel about that if our dog did that. You know, I said, I said, you must be resentful. And he said, oh yeah. He said, yeah, you know, I, I, I love the dog, but I look at the dog and wonder why the hell it would do that, you know? It's wild, right? Wild story. <sighs> I, got, I got another friend who's, um, who's going up north this weekend. You know what I did? I, I, I think I might have mentioned this. I took a vacation a couple weeks ago with my family. One thing I left... Uh, up up north in this condo that we were staying at was a hooded sweatshirt. Now, fortunately, and I just what I'd, I'd done was I'd hung it on the back of the door. So of course, while we were leaving, like we're walking out and the door is open, you know, to the unit, and that exited right out into the parking lot. And my wife and my daughter and myself were taking everything out of the unit. And of course, I, I <laughs> completely forgot this hooded sweatshirt on the back back of the door. Fortunately, I didn't have anything important in the pockets. And it's not like. You know, it's not like I had to get, I, you know, I left it in a different country or something like that. It was, you know, it was, uh, we were vacationing in our own state, but it was a, it's a couple of hours plus drive away and not, not, a, not a place I would normally go to if it wasn't for a vacation. But, uh, I didn't even realize till I got home and they called and they said, uh, Mr. Mascola, you left your, your green hooded sweatshirt on the back of the door. We found it. It's, it's kind of heavy, which it is. It's a, it's a, it's a nicer a uh, sweatshirt, hooded sweatshirt. It's like a LL Bean coat, almost like a coat. And uh, they said, I imagine it would be kind of expensive to ship this, but we could do that if you wanted to. They said, otherwise, we'll, we'll be happy to hold it on, hold on to it rather, until uh, until you come back. You know, uh, you know, assuming you're com you'll come back within the next couple months, or if you have a friend coming through. And I said, okay. And I I said, I'll, I'll let me think about it. And I, I thought about it. And I said, oh yeah. Thomas, who's been on this show, a friend of this show, uh, was going up north this, uh, this weekend. And uh, he was going to pass through that area. So I said, hey, Thomas, uh, <laughs> would you mind doing me a favor? Because you're going to go right through this town that we were staying in. And uh, in this town, if you go to this inn, uh, they, will, uh, they will have my, my hooded sweatshirt. Would you mind picking it up? He said, no, I'll go for it. I'll do, I'll do that no problem at all. And I was like, this is great. This is great. So I, I called them the other day and I said, yes, my friend's coming. They said, okay, what's his name? They took all the information. Uh, and all Thomas said was, text me, you know, text me in the morning. I'll make sure that I remember to go pick it up on my way through um, that town. So, so I texted Thomas this morning and I got a Roger. Okay, good to go. I don't know what that meant. Uh, we'll see. But I, I thought to myself, you know, I, if I lose a sweatshirt, I lose a sweatshirt. And I'm not, this isn't in any way trying to say that Thomas is, is not responsible. He's quite responsible. 
And uh, and if he brings back the sweatshirt, great. But I feel like if 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 he does it, and I don't have anybody else around there, and I'm not planning to get up there in the next couple of weeks or months or whatever, then I've lost the sweatshirt. I I can't really complain. Um, it's my own fault, after all. Anyway, that's a, let me check the time on the show here. I don't know. I didn't even plan on telling you that story. What do we got here? Okay, we're in good shape. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand things off to our friend uh, Rachel from Des Moines with the chart chat. Take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I had a great convo with John, aka Graham Friday, over some of his memories with seeing Peter Gabriel live, Plastic Bertrand being huge in Belgium, and not being able to see XTC live. And speaking of Plastic Bertrand, I got a tip from Jeffrey at BJ Big Suit that another single uh, set over that same backing track as Saplan Porma had come out called Jet Boy, Jet Girl. And you can look that up if you are interested. Our 1970s chart this week is from May 31st of 1975. And since we had done 75 so recently, I didn't do too many picks from here. But at number 98 is the group Wet Willie with their song Dixie Rock. This song just kind of grabbed me for whatever reason when I was listening to it. And they have some other ones you may have heard of. Uh, Keep On Smiling is their biggest hit. And they have uh, three other top 40 songs and then some more that charted in the Hot 100 besides that. No, nothing more to say about this one. Just kind of a cool sound. At number 88 uh, is the group Northern Light with their song simply entitled Minnesota. This one is unfortunately not on Spotify, but you can find it on YouTube. And a lot of the comments are people that grew up in Minnesota and saying, oh, we listened to this on the bus before school every day. And I think obviously it was probably very locally did very well in Minnesota, but then also managed to break through nationally and did make it to number 88 on the Hot 100. And it came out on the label Glacier, which was then re-released on Columbia. It starts off with kind of a loon call, their state bird, of course, and it's got kind of a Beach Boy-esque sound, I would say. At number 71 is Mike Post with the theme from the Rock Roof Files, and this features Larry Carlton on guitar. And this one made it to number 10. A lot, you know, a lot of Mike Post's themes used to be uh, charting singles, and it always makes me upset that the theme from Law & Order, didn't, he never, that never got released as a single. And I don't know if it was just the, the era or what was going on there, but you know, he was really having some hits, especially in the 70s and then into the 80s with his great theme songs. And finally from the 70s at number 63 is Steely Dan with Black Friday off of Katie Lied. And oddly enough, Larry Carlton, you know, he was a big session musician and he played on Katie Lied on some other tracks, but not on Black Friday itself. And this one made it to number 37. And I think it's about, I don't know what it's about actually. You should look at, I don't, you, you kind of never know what those guys. And now turning to the 80s, we jump to June 5th of 1982. And I have a lot to say about this chart. Uh, there's so much great stuff on it. Uh, for example, a lot of great R&B specifically. I would call this kind of a transitional era from the early 80s, with, which had a lot of different type of music on the charts into we're getting into that totally like awesome, you know, 80s era, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Also, it's been 16 weeks since they played an 82 chart on Sirius. So there's so much stuff to choose from. 
Um, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about a chart from April 11th of 1981 where the Stars on 45 song had debuted, and we talked a little bit about the medley craze that that kicked off. Well, here in June of 82, we're still firmly in that time. There's three medley songs on the chart this week. At number 92, the Beatles movie medley, and 83 is hooked on swing, and 67 is hooked on big bands. So still going strong with that trend. For the picks, at number 98, we have ABBA with their song The Visitors off of the album of the same name. And interestingly, I saw that this only charted in the U.S., and it was their last U.S. Hot 100 appearance. Uh, It would make it to number 63. And I had always, for some reason, thought that this was about aliens, the visitors, but I learned from reading up on it that it's about uh, Soviet dissidents and their fears of, you know, who could be knocking on their door, who's listening to them, and that kind of thing. It seemed that with their last album, they kind of got a little more political. It's worth reading up on. At number 94 is the group Atlantic Star with their song Circles. This one would make it to number 38, just cracking the top 40. Um, Atlantic Star, you may know them from Secret Lovers or their big hit Always. Uh, They were a group that was uh, composed of some brothers and then sort of rotating female singers. I think they might have been on their second singer for this one. And the song was produced by James Anthony Carmichael, who also worked a lot with Lionel Richie. Just really like the sound of this one. For whatever reason, it sounded like a song that maybe, not necessarily that Mariah Carey would sing, but like the beat and the backup music of it sounded kind of like something you might hear in a Mariah song. At number 88 is Jeffrey Osborne with I Really Don't Need No Light. And this was his first charting single. He would continue having hits through the 80s. And this was on the same album as On the Wings of Love that you might know. Um, This cracked the top 40. It made it to number 39 on the Hot 100, but it was a number three hit over on the R&B chart. Really just like his voice. This is kind of a cool song, a nice groove. At number 81, we have Cheap Trick with If You Want My Love. This is off of their album One on One. And it's notable for Rick Nielsen wearing a sweater with pineapples on it. This would make it to number 45. This is kind of like a personal pick for me. This was, I had this on an mp3 and it was in an era when I had like a teeny tiny hard drive I didn't have a lot of mp3s but the ones I did have I listened to the crap out of them so I've, I've heard this one a lot at number 71 is the group the four tops with back to school again from the soundtrack of Grease 2 and this plays over the intro of the movie and so in the first Grease you had um, you know Frankie Valley with singing Grease is the word over kind of an animated intro and for this one, for Grease 2, it's a full-on dance number with a huge cast representing like the student body coming to school for the first day. There's a lot of opinions out there about Grease 2. Some people love it, some people hate it. I think it's there's a lot of fun to be had in that one and some good songs. And definitely watch the video of the opening of this with this uh, Four Tops song. The, I was looking up their discography and they had a ton of hits, not only on the R&B chart, but on the Hot 100 from 64 to like 76 they were just chart solidly charting songs um and their last hot 100 appearance was in 1988 with a song with Smokey robinson at number 65 we have the gap band with their song early in the morning and i learned that the gap band was from tulsa and the their initials is representing greenwood archer and pine streets in the historic greenwood neighborhood of that city This would hit 24 on the Hot 100, but it was a number one hit on the R&B chart. 
at number 61 is John and Vangelis with I'll Find My Way Home. This is off their album Friends of Mr. Cairo. And this was a number six hit in the UK, but only number 51 here in the States. And I learned that if you try to look up how to pronounce his name, you get about as many answers as if you go to Memphis and ask local a local where's the best place to get barbecue. But it does seem that it's Vangelis, not Vangelis. Uh, also in the same chart, he has, just by himself, not with John Anderson, has the theme from The Chariots of Fire, which is a number one hit on the Hot 100, and it also won the score for the film overall. He won the Academy Award. At number 59 is Melissa Manchester with kind of her first up-tempo number, You Should Hear How She Talks About You. And I picked this one just because I think it has an interesting perspective. It always reminded me of Billy Joel's Tell Her About It, but I read it that the song was inspired by She Loves You by the Beatles. And this one, Melissa uh, Manchester, the Grammy for Best Female Vocal Pop Performance, and it would make it to number five. At number 47, we have Cool in the Gang with Get Down On It. And this one I just picked because it's a lot of fun and great to dance to. And it was also used in a really fun episode of the show Happy Endings. And this would make it to number 10. Um, at number 41, we have Miss Stevie Nicks with After the Glitter Fades, uh, which was off of her first solo album, Belladonna. And it was the fourth single released off of that record. And it made it to number 32. And I learned that Edge of 17 only made it to number 11, which just sounds crazy to me. Um, after the glitter fades, it made also charted on the country chart, made it to number 70, which it kind of does have a country, a little bit of a country feel to it. I could definitely see that being a crossover from pop to country. Honestly, never knew this was a single. I kind of discovered it just from owning the record of Belladonna and heard it one night when I was in college. And it really hit me in a certain way, as I like to say, and like this one a lot. Uh, number 28 is Loverboy with When It's Over, uh, which is off of the Get Lucky album. Would make it up to number 26. Uh, this one is notably used in the movie Wet Hot American Summer. Just a really cool sound on this one. Very synth-driven. Oh, yeah. And finally this week, at number 5, we have Ray Parker Jr. with The Other Woman. And this was the first uh, solo single for him uh, after being in the group Radio. And apparently the video has a sexy Dracula in it, so very excited to look into that. One last thing I want to mention is there's a weird, very weird song on this chart called If It Ain't One Thing It's Another by a singer named Richard Dimples Fields, and it's been described as a combination of complaining and Bible verses. Well, that's all for me this week. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. I gotta check out that Richard Dimples Fields song. I've never heard of that. It sounds quite interesting. My goodness, that was really cool. Thank you, Rachel. Some wonderful picks there. Uh, Rachel wanted me to mention, in reference to Abba's The Visitors, she said the sound reminded her of the band Justice. So if you're a fan of Justice, check out that Abba song, The Visitors. Anyway, uh, I, as you may be able to tell, I am out of the bathtub now. I am, I am dressed. I am. I've got myself back together. I, I am decent. Uh, for those who who tuned out during the the bathtub segment, uh, it's okay to come back now. It's I, you know, if you were embarrassed by that, I apologize. Uh, I am dressed now. <laughs> <laughs> dried, okay? If you're anything in the background, by the way, they're doing some construction outside of uh, People Are the Enemy Tower. 
So, so you may hear that. I wanted to, to mention a couple things about the chart chat. There were some some interesting things, interesting picks this week. Uh, one was uh, the Rockford Files uh, theme. I don't know, you know, if you remember this, best show, long time best show listeners and folks who have gone back into the WFMU days of the best show with Tom Sharpling may remember Tom used to use that Rockford Files theme as his bed music. Yeah, wild stuff, right? My goodness, yeah. They, you know what the um, the 1982 picks? I I can't I can't say there were too many things that stood out. Most of the time, the the uh, Rachel's eight, 1980s picks uh, stand out for me more than the 70s, if only because I'm a child of the 80s. But uh, not so much this time. Obviously, some great R and B on there. Uh, Melissa Manchester. That song I remember just all through the 80s. I think that was that was ubiquitous through the 80s that one. Um but uh but some awesome awesome stuff there. Thank you so much Rachel for putting that great chart chat together. And uh that's about it. This has been episode uh, 232 of The People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace. <laughs>